And please turn in your New Testaments to 1 Corinthians 10, verses 16 and 17. 1 Corinthians 10, verses 16 and 17. Uh, our fall series is called Organic Spirituality. It's not how you kind of build a spirituality just by doing things and using techniques as, as, as important as it is to, to do things. It's about union with Christ, which means Christ I am in Christ, and Christ is in me. And what does that mean? I am in Christ, and Christ is in me. And we're going to talk about that today in relation to the Lord's Supper. It's called Union and Communion. And so 1 Corinthians 10, verses 16 and 17, and this is the very Word of God. The cup of blessing that we bless... Is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of one bread or one loaf. Now, you and I... We have brought many personal needs to church this morning. And the truth of the matter is that, is that most of those needs, most of those emotional and spiritual needs simply cannot be met alone. Now, I know as modern Americans, there's something in our psyche that, that kind of prizes the ideals of individualism and, and self-reliance. But actually, most of the things that make life worth living involve others, involve a relationship. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that for every single person... In this sanctuary this morning, all along your journey, there have been people who have done things for you that you couldn't have done for yourself. And and those things made all the difference in your life. Those things literally changed the direction of your life. Those things gave you what you needed to become the person that you're becoming They include our family, of course. They include teachers and coaches and friends and people in the body of Christ and all kinds of other people. Because most of what makes life worth living and makes life for us comes from outside of us. It comes as a gift. It's not something, the the important things aren't things we can generate within ourselves. They come from without side. And and I think, I think when we stop and really think of this, we, we get it. We say in our, in our hearts, we kind of know that God really did make us for one another. Whether we recognize it might be different from whether we are living that out or not. And if this is true about human relationships, it's even more true about God and us. You see, the greatest gift 
of all. Salvation, connection with God, restoration with God, a relationship with God, that also comes from the outside as a gift. Before a holy God, we just simply don't have the raw material or the wherewithal or the holiness or the godliness or the consistency or whatever it is that you might think it would take. And it takes so much more than you might think because God is glorious, He is great, and He is holy, and He lives in inapproachable light and glory, and no man can look at Him and live. Let's have a high view of God this fall. And salvation does not come from within. It comes from the outside. It's something that God Himself did for us. When we didn't deserve it, it's something that God Himself gave to us. God so loved the world that He got up off of His throne over the cosmos and entered time and space. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. And what we are going to do at this table in a few minutes is to kind of act out the fact that we can't live alone. We're going to act out this gospel, this good news of what God has done for us. And we even have props. We've we've got bread and we've got wine. And and the symbolism is this. Remember, it comes from the outside as a gift. We're going to take bread. We're going to take the fruit of the vine. They are outside of us. And we're literally going to eat them. You see, eating is that symbol that it's not within. We will take these into us for nourishment. And what God will want to give us today. And we will show forth the meaning of salvation. So God wants us to eat this supper in three ways. As I look at this text before us today, He wants us to eat to remember. He wants us to eat to commune. And He wants us to eat together. This do in remembrance of me when when Jesus set apart the communion the the Lord's supper in the upper room this is my body it is for you this bread symbolizes my body but the cross but the salvation it it is for you whenever you eat of it remember me now Jesus gave the Lord's Supper, what we call the communion, the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper. Different people call it, different traditions call it different things. He instituted or gave us the Lord's Supper in the midst, like in the middle of another supper of remembrance that was going on. Do any of y'all remember what this was? Well, they were in the middle of celebrating the, the Jewish Passover meal. Remember Jesus said, go and, and rent an upper room and go and make ready for the Passover and we'll share the Passover together and, and they are, they are up in this upper room. And the Passover was commanded by God for the purpose of remembering God's salvation, God's deliverance 
for the people of Israel out of Egypt. The Passover is also about how our deliverance comes from the outside as a gift to us. And, um, you know, there were ten plagues. Let my people go was met nine times with no. And God showed his overwhelming power through ten plagues and delivered his people out of Egypt. Do you remember what's called the Passover lamb? Or the, what we might call the blood of the Passover lamb. So there was this perfect spotless lamb that is sacrificed on behalf of the people by God. And God said, I want you to take the blood of this this lamb, this sacrificial lamb, and I want you to paint it over the doorposts of your home because the tenth plague is about to happen. And the tenth plague is that everybody that does not have this sacrificial blood that covers over our sin, when the death angel comes through town, if the death angel does not see the sacrificial blood of the Passover lamb on your door, the firstborn child in your house is going to die. So they painted this this blood over the door and every tenth child in Egypt died. And this was the finally kind of the bone-crushing thing that finally Pharaoh said, okay, leave. Let my people go. Okay. So Jesus is with his disciples and they are enjoying the Passover meal. They're remembering this this great deliverance. And, and when the bread is given and, and broken the third time in the Passover meal, it is symbolic in the Passover meal specifically of the Passover lamb that was sacrificed. This is where the precise time in the meal that Jesus took the bread... It didn't look like this. It was unleavened. Uh, he took the bread, the bread of the Passover lamb, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. And he did not say, this is redemption by the Passover lamb out of Egypt. He said, this is my body given for you. Do this whenever you eat it in remembrance of me. And, and then there was the third cup of the the Passover, Jesus just kind of hijacked the Passover celebration and he took this cup, it's called the cup of blessing. That's why in our text it says the cup of blessing which we bless. Is it not the communion with the blood of Christ? And he said this cup of blessing is the cup of communion with me as often as you drink of this, do this in remembrance of me. And then Jesus they says they, they sang a hymn and they went out to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus was to be and was ready to be arrested and tried and crucified as the final Passover lamb, sacrificed as the final uh, Passover lamb. What Jesus is saying as he, as he kind of takes over the Passover meal is this, I am the Passover lamb. Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed for us. Come, let us keep the feast. So, the Lord's Supper is the Christ-given way to actively remember 
what he has done for us. Eat to remember. It's about the cross. Eat to remember. But secondly is, and this is so touching, eat not just to remember but to commune. Let's read our text again. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a communion or participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a communion, some translations say, a participation in the body of Christ? You see, Jesus didn't just give the supper to remember. He gave it to us to focus on Him now and to be with Him now. And the Lord's Supper teaches us that Christ not only long time ago was the final Passover lamb who once and for all sacrificed for us. The teaching here is that the risen Christ, when we break this bread, when we give this fruit of the vine in faith, the risen Christ is here. How do we know this? Well, it is the Greek word for participation or communion that we find in this text. The, the word here is koinonia. That is the Greek word for fellowship. That intrinsically means you are with someone. So through the elements, the, the, cup, that, the, the cup of blessing that we bless now in the Lord's Supper and not the Passover meal, is it not a, the fellowship? The bread, is it not the, the fellowship? Now, I know we like see communion every month and let's don't lose the sense of wonder that the unapproachable God took up human flesh to connect with us humans, with we humans. The unapproachable God took a body, took flesh, for the specific purpose of connecting with us so that he could flow all the blessing, all the love, all of everything that we would need and more from the divine nature, from God himself. The the human nature of Jesus makes him the only mediator between God and man. So I need for you to see the flesh of Christ as the connector between God and man. That's why other religions aren't going to get it. Because we can't rise to God. God's got to come here. God actually takes up humanity. God takes up a body to be one of us. To be our, Pas- our Passover lamb and sacrifice for us. You know, we read in John 1, In the beginning was the Word... And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 of John 1. And the Word became what? Flesh. God became flesh. And He dwelt among us. He lived among us. We beheld His glory. The glory of the the one and only begotten of God, full of grace and truth. It is through the flesh of Christ, 
through His sacrifice for us as one of us that we gain connection with the Holy God. And in this supper, we not only remember the bodily crucifixion for us, the bodily resurrection of Jesus, we also get to commune with Him, have fellowship with Him through the body and blood represented in the elements. There's always a question from one brand of Christianity to another. What, what, is the, what is the purpose of these elements? And we do not believe the bread becomes Jesus like you're like chomping down on Jesus when you eat. But we believe that there is a real presence of God in this supper as we remember. We believe that it is not by accident that God gave us tangible signs right out of the Passover meal, right out of the deliverance meal that we get to hold and touch so we remember that God took a body. But we believe that it is through those elements and faith in Jesus. In other words, it's through communion. And those elements matter because Jesus gave them to us. They are important because they are all about the only connector between man and God. And this morning we will we'll celebrate that connection. This morning we will enjoy in real time the connection we have because of the body and the blood crucified and Christ now risen represented in these elements. It is, as people say, a present means of grace. You need grace today? We're not just going to remember something. We are, but not just. The risen Christ is here. And he wants to meet with us through the elements by faith in what they mean. The elements of bread and wine. What this means is that you can actually bring your lives and those needs we're talking about that we brought to church today, you can actually bring your lives to Jesus in this supper. He's here for you. You can bring your brokenness to this supper. In fact, Jesus wants you to bring your... He loves you. You can bring your disappointments to this table and be received like you'll never be received by anybody else to a depth of, of, of just that love. You can bring your disappointments, you can bring your hurts, as well as your joys, to Jesus. You can bring your confession of sin, your sin, my sin, and forgiveness, as well as your praises and thanksgiving to Jesus. In communion, Christ is here with us to love us, to commune with us in real time. Jesus knew that we tend to forget stuff. Jesus knew that we need illustrations. We need need tangible things. We need to, to touch and hold. And Jesus wanted to put something in our hand. As often as we eat this supper, He wanted us to hold that bread and say, Oh yeah, God took up flesh and died on the cross for me. Oh yeah, God came for me, for my rescue. Oh yeah, God, the risen Christ, is here for me right now. So we are going to eat to remember. Secondly, we're going to eat to commune. The bread, is it not? The, the cup, is it not? The, the fellowship of the uh, body of Christ and the blood of Christ. Remember, commune. 
But lastly, we are to eat together. Jesus also knew that in a fallen world where we just get beat around, and people like us who beat ourselves around, Jesus knew that we needed the encouragement of togetherness, of identification with other people who also struggle and also find grace. Jesus knew we needed the encouragement of one another. And that is why he made communion a corporate meal around a big table. I don't mean the size of the For everybody who has put their trust in Jesus. That, that's what, what he wants us to do. Uh, G, the, the communion was not designed to be eaten alone. Now, we will take communion out to people alone, but the design of it is to be eaten together. Jesus called it a covenant meal. A covenant meal. Look, we in the South get this. There are very few things that we celebrate that don't have to do with food. Like good food. And we love to get together. And we love to say, yes, we're, we're a family or, or we are friends. And, and it's about, in the South, it's about the group and the food, right? Well, it's like that in communion as well. And we are one. Now, we will commune in a moment with the whole church throughout the world. And yes, believers in Jesus Christ, his disciples, his followers throughout the world will be celebrating this table along with us. And that is very significant to have solidarity with believers throughout the world that believers in the Middle East are tasting and seeing that, that the Lord is good. Believers, yes, in North Korea are, are taking the Lord's Supper with us today and in China and Europe and all these places. And it's wonderful. But Paul's words about communion in 1 Corinthians 10 and especially in 1 Corinthians 11 that we're going to read as the words of institution are about how we actually get to share this meal together here, together in a place. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 and 8, Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed for us. Come let us keep the feast. Now it is meaningful to know when you go to lunch with somebody you care about, it is meaningful to know that people all over the world are also eating lunch at the same time as you. But it is not as meaningful as to eat lunch with somebody you love. That's what we're doing here. The beloved of Jesus, the called out ones, called to be together, the brothers and the sisters are going to eat together in just a few moments. As one author put it, good and sacred things happen when people eat together. That's a good southern saying, isn't it? This is a sign of unity and our togetherness. St. Augustine said this. He, he used to call the supper the bond of love. This is the sign of our love, he'd say. God's love for us and our love for one another. And eating, just the act of eating with someone in the New Testament was a sign of closeness. You didn't eat with people that you weren't close to. You didn't take them into your house. You know, weren't just restaurants everywhere. And that's why I remember the, the Pharisees complained about Jesus. He eats 
with sinners and tax collectors. We're like, so what? He eats with sinners. No. In the New Testament way of thinking, no. He's, he's saying to the world, this is my friend. This is somebody I want to be kind of connected to. He eats with sinners and tax collectors. And I want you to know, yes, he did that. And he's about to do that again in a few minutes. He's going to eat with sinners and tax collectors again. We will eat together as one body right here. Verse 17 in our text says, Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. As Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, and I'll give the King James Version, Eat ye all of it. I read a book in the last three weeks kind of in preparation for this series on union with Christ and what it means to be in Christ and Christ in us. And it's Ronald S. Wallace's book, uh, Calvin's Doctrine of the Word and Sacrament, where John Calvin states that the bread of the Lord's Supper, when I hold up the bread in a little bit, the, the bread in the Lord's Supper also represents our, our unity as believers. Quote, this is Calvin, As the bread is made of many grains, ground and mixed together, so that one cannot be distinguished from another, so it is fitting that in the same way we should be joined and bound together by such great agreement of minds that no disagreement or divisions may threaten us. What he's saying is that Communion isn't just to remember. Communion is not just for me personally. And it is to remember. And it is for me personally to commune with Jesus. Communion is the sign of love. Communion is a communal meal. This is the Lord's table. Union with Christ. This is a family table. Union with each other. And the risen Christ is now inviting you who believe now to this table. And there is grace and there is beauty and there is party and there is unity to be celebrated together here with Jesus around this table together. So as we go to communion, eat to remember eat to commune, and eat together. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we pray now as you're the one, not me, you're the one who invites your people to be with you. We pray, God, that even as we approach this table, you would begin to just saturate our thoughts of how our salvation has come from the outside by you taking up flesh by you bodily dying on a cross and being victoriously raised. Would you bless your people in this supper together now? We pray in Jesus' name.